It's 842 when you are turned into WORT. Joining me on the line, I'm, uh, I'm pleased to have my good friend uh, Jennifer Lowenstein. She's a former lecturer on MIDI studies, uh, not only here at the UW-Madison, but also at Penn State, and um, also one of the uh, a former member of the Madison Rafa Sister City Project. Jennifer, um, good morning. Good morning. Well, um, a little more than two months ago, uh, I had you on just uh, uh, about four days after October 7th, um, and uh, we had been talking about conditions leading up to October 7th, and uh, uh, the fact that Netanyahu had the most right-wing extremist government in Israel's history, and we were talking about uh, settler incursions and attacks on Palestinians. Before that, it was mostly dealing with the West Bank, and then this thing happened. Um, it's, uh, I know we don't have enough time for you to, to vent and talk about the situation, <laughs> but right. what, what are your thoughts uh, two months after uh, the last time you were on and, and uh, you know, with what's going well, on? Well, you know, yeah, one of the things that occurs to me with everything going on is that you know, there's all this, all these calls for a ceasefire, which I am joining in on. I want a ceasefire, but there's there hasn't been a lot of talk about what's after that. In other words, if there's a ceasefire called, things are just going to go right back to the way they were. I mean, fighting is going to start up all over again because a ceasefire, well, it's necessary to stop killing. But where are all these people going to go? You've got... 1.9 million people now who are displaced in the Gaza Strip, and the Israelis have done such a good job of pulverizing the Gaza Strip. You know, more than half, the latest statistic I heard was that more than half of the homes in the Gaza Strip, or at least in North Gaza, have been destroyed. The hospital, you know, medical uh, system has been uh, ruined Really, I mean, I think there are zero functioning hospitals in North Gaza now, and not very many in the South. So I guess my point is, what's after this? Mm -hmm. There won't be a return to the status quo, because that simply isn't possible now. Um, and that's a good thing in, a, in, a, in an abstract sense. But where are these people going to go? What's going to happen? I think a lot of people are starting to ask that. And in, in most importantly, the the Palestinian people are asking that question, not just the international community. I heard you on the radio uh, a couple several weeks ago, and you said this is the, what's going on here is that uh, Netanyahu and the Israeli current Israeli government are they're destroying they are they are attempting to destroy all of Palestinian society. Um, not yeah, just, that's a big yeah. part of this. I mean, you know, as I said, what what's going to happen now? The focus has been primarily on Gaza, the really horrible milestone of 20,000 dead has now been passed, although that's a bit of a phantom too because the estimates are that, you know, some 8,000 people are unrecovered under the rubble. So really, since there's no ceasefire immediately, on the on the horizon, nothing. You know, Hamas has basically said we're not going to negotiate until the fighting stops. And so, 
I don't know what the next few days are going to bring. I think eventually there will be a halt to this. But we're talking, you know, when this is all said and done, we're going to have a death toll of of near 30,000, if not more. People are not going to forget that. In other words, this isn't a war like uh, protective edge or cast lead where people like a year later, people are going to say, wasn't that terrible? This is this is beyond that. Mm -hmm. We're we're seeing whole generations of Palestinian people wiped out um, in this situation. Now, uh, a couple days ago, I don't know if if you were able to catch the uh, frontline thing on uh, Netanyahu. Um, it was very clear. Uh, it's been very clear for many, many, many years that Benjamin Netanyahu does not believe in the two-state solution um, yes. at all. And he talks about one Israel, but uh, one Israel only for uh, the Israelis. And um, what 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 do you think? I mean, are we starting to see uh, people in uh, um, Israelis uh, starting to question? Netanyahu's uh, tactics and and motives in this onslaught. Yeah, you are. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there are lots of protests going on within Israel, especially for the return of the hostages. There's a lot of anger at Netanyahu, uh, deservedly so. Um, I think, personally, he's finished. I think after this, you know, there, he would not win election in another in another uh, you know or another round, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, Israeli society is uniformly against this war. So it's you know it's a I, I want to say a mixed blessing. It's not even that. You know you have a society that is profoundly right wing. Uh, Gideon Levy just recently wrote an article about. The unanimity on of this of of the public on this war, you know, there there really are maybe some tiny pockets of resistance to it, and that's been more or less stifled, you know, freedom of speech notwithstanding. So it's it's really difficult to know where this is all going. I mean, I think I think Netanyahu is finished, as I said, but that doesn't mean a better government is going to come out of it. Is there an identifiable Hamas? army that that uh, i mean the israeli government the idea says that they're going after um hamas and they want to right get well, all of all of, uh, of all this was never that? about hamas it was about hamas at the very beginning in the sense that there was this uh, event on the 7th of october it was you know for all practical purposes you know it it, it could have been something that was uh, remarkable had there not been the killing of civilians. But, you know, regardless of that, Hamas was a pretext. The events on the 7th of October have become a pretext for Israel to do to Gaza what has long been in the plans. Uh, you know, I mean, there were probably contingency plans for Gaza on many levels. But what what we're seeing, basically, this is not a war against Hamas. This is a war against the people of Gaza and pretty much the Palestinian people in general, because what we're seeing in the West Bank is not particularly uh, inviting either. I mean, we're over 300 dead now just since the 7th in the West Bank. 
and a huge amount of destruction and fear and terror and settler violence. You know, what mm-hmm. what is in store for Palestine in general after after the the guns settle down well, uh, is that, not clear. That's the question you said. Well, Bibi, it looks like he's in trouble when this war ends. Uh, from where I'm sitting, it, it I see no end. Um, right. When that's is it going to end? I mean, and, and right. I mean, a, a ceasefire is necessary for the killing to stop. Death is not going to stop because there's already starvation and disease within Gaza. And, that, and so there are going to be, you know, more levels of, of death, of deaths within the Gaza Strip. I'm not convinced that there isn't still going to be some massive push uh, of the Gazans into the Sinai. I mean, Egypt has come against that categorically, and rightly so, but, you know, nobody has given a a good answer as to what is going to happen to the 1.9 million people who are displaced. I mean, we're talking about now 2.3 in total million people who are in sheltering in the south of Gaza, and that area is becoming smaller and smaller. You've mm-hmm. got Mawasi on the on the beach, which is a so-called safe zone, although there's no food, water, fuel, or electricity there either. Temperatures are getting colder. People are living in tents. It's an absolute disaster. And then you have Rafa, the city of Rafa, which is now overcrowded and I have a friend writing to me and talking about 30 additional people per home, and that's not taking in most of the refugees. Most of them are sleeping on the streets or in tents. So what on earth is going to happen after the guns fall silent is, you know, is anybody's guess, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't bode well. Um, What are the other Arab Mideast countries and their role in all this and their take on uh, uh, the uh, the Gaza war, I guess I'll call it a war, even though some people say it's in just an onslaught because it's so one-sided. Yeah, um, yeah, I call it the war on Gaza. The war on Gaza, okay. Um, what of the other uh, the, the neighboring uh, Arab countries and, and their take on this? Are they losing their patience, do you see? Are they actively trying to uh, work towards a ceasefire? Are they... Being critical of the Israeli government, are they, you know, what's... What, well, you what's know, in, in, in many ways it depends on which government you're talking about. I mean, as far as U.S. allies are concerned, the response by the Arab governments has been fairly craven. You know, they're, they're not standing up for their Palestinian brothers. They're basically continuing their trade relations with Israel and the United States. And, you know, so you have... Uh, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, uh, Oman to a certain extent, Qatar, although Qatar is kind of a mediator in all Mm -hmm. this, they're not exactly standing up in unison for their brothers. But that's the government. That's not the popular feeling. Popular feeling is very much with the Palestinians, and that's something that these Arab governments will have to deal with. Then you have the so-called resistance axis, which is Iran, Syria, Hezbollah, pockets of uh, Iraqi society, uh, the Houthis down in Yemen, Mm -hmm. uh, who represent an entirely different front. So I don't know what really is in store in the long run for the Arab world, but certainly the governments must remember 
the the so-called Arab re, uh, revolts and the you know uh, uprisings around 2011 and beyond, and they can't they have to be aware of that. But um, I think that there's probably more in store for the Palestinians and for Israel from the resistance axis. I mean, it's it's been interesting to note, for example, that Hezbollah has not gotten involved the way it might have. Mm-hmm. Um, if things persist in a certain direction, they still could, and so could Iran. Well, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu said that he was not afraid to uh, shell all of Lebanon. <laughs> Uh, um, oh yeah, and uh, I and I completely take him at his word. I mean, I think one thing that that listeners should go away with is is that the notion of the invincible Israeli army, this highly disciplined moral army, is absolute utter nonsense and grotesque nonsense. At that, Israel hasn't managed to achieve any of its goals in the Gaza Strip. They're still fighting a force of, you know, twenty five thousand men. Well, that's Basically, what what Hamas started out with was between twenty five and thirty thousand uh, lightly armed fighters, and people have to be asking themselves, what is the fourth most powerful military machine on the planet doing, fighting you know a, a ragtag army of twenty five thousand men, and they're not winning, and they're not going to win. Hamas isn't going to disappear, no matter what Israel says. And, you know, when I hear news reports such as the Israelis have have captured the Jabalia refugee camp, my first thought is, are they kidding? The big IDF went and conquered a refugee camp? What? <laughs> I mean, there's there's a level of, of absurdity here that I hope is not lost on, on people listening. And, mm-hmm. and I say that with regard to Lebanon as well. Israel's very good at dropping bombs causing huge damage to a country in terms of the infrastructure, the homes, businesses, etc. It's very good at killing people and wreaking destruction. But it's not very good at carrying out, you know, disciplined military strikes against any kind of fighting force. It's a bit of a joke, and the Americans are seeing that as well. All right. Now, um, what... What can we expect to see as we wind down here on, on this little interview? Um, what do you expect to see in the next couple of weeks? Well, I think Israel is definitely starting to, I mean, their well, the CIA chief and the Mossad chief met, I think it was even Poland, I believe, recently. There's definitely a, a, a desire for uh, another ceasefire uh, on the part of the Israelis, to get mm-hmm. more hostages back, because, mm-hmm. of course, Netanyahu knows that people are very angry with him on that level. Um, but, as I said, Hamas is basically saying, you know, you want negotiations, you've got to stop the bombing, not temporarily. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think eventually this will wind down. But as I said at the very beginning of this show, what does that mean? It will not be over when the bombs stop, because so much destruction and death has been wrought. Mm-hmm. And if anything, the Israelis have guaranteed decades more hostility on the part of the Palestinians towards Israeli society. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I want to thank you very much for uh, being on the show. This is, like I said, uh, a somber 
occasion right before yeah. um, right right before this weekend, and when a lot of Christians and other people will be celebrating Christmas. Um, Jennifer has uh, um, she has an article in the uh, most recent edition of the Progressive: The War on Gaza, how a colonial mentality assures Western failure. Um, Jennifer, again, uh, thank you very much. Uh, definitely something to keep our eyes on. Um, and as I always ask you, where can people find quality and uh, truthful uh, information on the situation in Gaza? A couple of uh, non-Western sources are Middle East Eye and Arab News, and those are easily accessible by, uh, you know, by Google. You can get on those. Um, El Monitor is good. I wanted to just say something very quickly, and I know we have to go. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it, the Christmas celebrations in, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem and the West Bank have been completely canceled this year. And the nativity scene in the Church of the Nativity is Jesus among the rubble. On that note, um, I guess we'll sign off. I, I want to thank you very much, Jennifer, <laughs> and... Uh, well, yeah. as always, uh, we will stay in touch. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you very much. Okay.